Take your Bible, please, and turn to the book of 1 Kings, chapter number 3. 1 Kings, chapter 3. And we'll start reading with verse number 6, chapter 3 of 1 Kings. Well, it's been a wonderful day. And I really enjoyed the tour group this morning, just a tremendous group of kids. Wonderful, wonderful music. Terrific, terrific stuff tonight from our church folks. Typically, as always, just an extremely musical church. And boy, what a delight to be a part of it. Chapter 3 and verse number 6, please, of 1 Kings. And Solomon said, Thou hast showed unto thy servant my father great mercy, according as he walked before thee in truth, and in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart with thee. And thou hast kept for him this great kindness, that thou hast given to him a son to sit on the throne, as is this day. And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of, my, of David my father, and I am but a little child. I know not how to go out or come in. And thy servant is in the midst of thy people, which thou hast chosen, a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. Give therefore thy servant an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this thy so great a people? And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, Because thou hast asked this thing, hast not asked for thyself long life. Neither hast thou asked riches for thyself, nor hast thou asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so that there was none like thee before thee, neither shall thee any rise alike, alike unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast asked and not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. And if thou wilt walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Heavenly Father, as we look at the story of this man Solomon tonight, I pray that we glean great lessons from his accomplishments and his failures. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. If you move over to chapter 11 of the book of Kings chapter 11. We'll start reading there in verse 1 in a moment. Of course, David has passed away. Solomon has become the king. And it's an amazing thing here that has happened is that Solomon comes to the Lord and God lets him ask for what he would desire. And he asks for wisdom to rule the people. God is so impressed and so moved by the request. He said, I will give you the great wisdom. Like, like nobody ever. So in other words, with Solomon, there was none before him ever, and there will be no one again as wise as Solomon. No one before and no one later. 
He is the wisest man. So when you think of the wisest man that ever lived, it is indeed Solomon, and there will never be another like him. Not only that, God said, but I also will give you something you didn't ask for, and that's riches. Now, he doesn't say the same thing of before and after, but he does say there will be none like thee as long as thou liveth. So in other words, you'll be the richest man in the world as long as you're alive. Now, in wisdom, there will never be any, any like you again. We can understand that, I mean, how would you even, even compare anyone to him? He was an incredible, incredible young man that God gifted in an amazing way because of his humility. And he came to the Lord humbly. He said in, in, the, in the passage, he said, I, I'm like a little child. I, I can't find my way in and I can't find my way out. I, I, I need you, God, to show me. I'm just like a child. Please show me. And he came to God in such humility. One of the things that God loves is a humble spirit, doesn't he? Of course, we know what he thinks about pride. But we see this man that humbly came to the Lord. And the Lord so blessed him with great wisdom and riches. None like any other. It's a, an amazing thing to see how a man with this kind of gift from God can have turned it all around in the course of his life. In the book of Exodus, we don't have to turn there, but the book of Exodus, God gives a command to the children of Israel, very specific about strange women. And the outcome, if you take in strange women, what will happen? Because if you do this, you will begin to follow after their gods. It's a, uh, it's a thing that we've, we've seen happen many, many times, but in my life, I've seen women who, uh, a man was attracted to them, and she said, well, I, 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 won't, I won't go out with you, but you can come to church with me. Come to church with me if you want to date. And, and it's just an amazing thing how many, how many men, because they're, they want uh, to, are attracted to a, a lady, that they will indeed uh, go to church with them. I've seen, I've seen some amazing salvation of men I've worked with, uh, just a lady that they met that was a Christian. I mean, hardened, hardened, <laughs> sinful men. And it just was amazing how, so you understand there's a certain, ladies, you have a certain power with men to, of persuasion. And so God warned the children of Israel in the book of Exodus was very specific about do not marry these other women that have strange gods. Because what will happen is you will follow after the strange gods and then you'll bring the strange gods into the nation of Israel. And of course, the judgment will come upon you if you do this. We're talking about the wisest man ever. It's no exaggeration. He is indeed the wisest man ever. The wisest man ever did exactly what God told him not to do. Chapter 11, verse number 1. But King Solomon loved many strange women together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, the Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians and the Hittites of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the, to the children of Israel, ye shall not go into them, neither shall they come into you, for surely they will turn your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives and princesses and 300 concubines and his wives turned away his heart. 
For it came to pass when Solomon was old that his wives uh, turned his way, his heart after other gods. And his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after uh, Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zenonians, after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. And Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord and went not fully after the Lord as did David his father. Then did Solomon build in high place an altar for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Molech, the abomination of the children of Ammon. And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their gods. And the Lord God was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned away from the Lord God of Israel which had appeared unto him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. What an amazing thing. This is not somebody that is just a fool. This is the wisest man before nobody ever like him, the wisest man ever. From the beginning of time till we see the Lord, there will never be anybody as wise as this man. It's an incredible thing to see how even a man with this wisdom can go absolutely directly against what God told the children of Israel. And I mean, he not only fell for one or two, he had hundreds of them. Not only did he have hundreds of wives, he's building altars all over the place for all these different gods. I mean, he not only he not only got into dabbled in this, he was in up to his neck in this thing. And, and not, not to mention that he's doing all kinds of other things in relationship to, to pleasing the different women that he had married. And so you understand, I just want to point out to you, this is not a foolish man from the standpoint of he just doesn't have any brains. This is the wisest man ever. We come to the book of 1 Corinthians, a familiar passage, and I, I love this chapter in Corinthians, chapter 1 and verse 25 through 27. He says, For ye see your calling, brethren, how that not, not many wise men after the flesh, and not many mighty, and not many noble are called, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and the base things of the world, and things which are despised. Hath God chosen, yea, and the things which are not, to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. It's a very dangerous thing if we, if we let ourselves move into a situation where we lose the humility and we grasp that now we've taken things in our own hands. But why? Because of our pride. Here's a man that's the wisest man ever. And what did he do? Did exactly what God said, not why. Why did he do this? Because he was the wisest man ever. If anybody could do it, he could. If anybody could have gotten away with it, he could have. He was the wisest man ever. If anybody could have figured a way to finagle God and go against God's commandments, do you not realize that the wisest man ever could have done it? I don't know about you, but I don't think we probably have the wisest man since Solomon in the world today. I, I hope there's a lot wiser because I, 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 I tell you, uh, just 
it's, it's almost an embarrassment the people that are leading worldwide now. It's just it's quite, quite amazing. Uh, I, I wouldn't, we're comparing a man here that's the wisest man ever. And he chose the foolish things of this world. He was a foolish man. The pride took over his heart. When your heart gets turned away from the Lord, pride will fill the space where humility once resided. Let me read that to you again. When your heart is turned away from the Lord, pride will fill the space where humility once resided. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a very fearful thing what we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a precious, precious gift. And here's a man that had his cup full of everything that God could have given. Riches, wealth, wisdom. And yet he dwindled it all away. Do you realize that the kingdom was taken away from Solomon? The kingdom that was the throne of David? And God said, for David's sake, I'll leave you one tribe. One tribe only for your heritage. That will be all. So I'm taking the entire kingdom, taking ten tribes away from you. I'm leaving you one. And so that was the one tribe that remained. And of course, David reunited the, the kingdom when he became king uh, the first time. And now, again, we have a divided kingdom. And all this is, again, divided by Solomon, the wisest man ever. We look at a man like Saul. Here we have a man, Saul, that was head and shoulders above all the people. This was a good man. A goodly man, the Bible calls him. He wasn't just a silly man. He wasn't. He was a man that was in height. He was head and shoulders, but he was also a very good man. And what, did, what happened to this man? He came in humble. And along the way, pride took him over. And we find the total destruction of a man that was such a phenomenal leader, the king, the first king of Israel. You realize he's probably, he, he's the man that you would say should have been the man that all, all the heritage should have followed after him, but they didn't. They came after David, the throne of David. Understand that when pride takes over, it changes everything. Samson, Samson, a man that, of course, God gave him tremendous strength. But can you imagine as Samson got accustomed to the strength that God was giving to him? We find that even in him, as Delilah has now lied to him and lied to him and lied to him, and of course he keeps breaking the, the bands and everything that he tells her that's going to hold him, of course he breaks it. And I would suggest to you that in his pride, he even told her what the source of his strength was. It, 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 if you read the story, it's just amazing. After she lies and lies and lies to him, you think that he would stop telling her, let alone tell her actually what it was. I just was, I had this thought today. I wonder if after all this time where he had this strength, Brother Don, did he come to the point that he was going to have that strength with or without God? I just had that thought today. Because it doesn't make any sense why he would have told her what the source of his strength was. 
But I would suggest to you that it was pride thinking that he would have the strength with or without God. Of course, he didn't. And of course, we know that his eyes were plucked out. The man that couldn't keep his eyes off the ladies lost his eyes. We look at not only him, but we look at David, a man that God had blessed extremely. And yet we find him in pride as he is tempted and drawn away. A young man that was a man after God's own heart and the heartache and the suffering that followed that man all his days to the point of finally we have him just in sheer agony as he cries out, Absalom, my son, Absalom, would God I had died for thee. David knew what the curse of God was on his life and to see as his sons one by one were dying, Amnon being the first, realizing that Absalom was probably going to be one of them. And here he is begging his men, please don't kill Absalom, don't take his life. Knowing that God had said, you're going to reap fourfold. As you, as, you, as you said about the man with the sheep, so it will be on you. The sword will never leave thine household. And here he is knowing that his son is overthrowing him. And he's literally calling upon his soldiers, please don't kill Absalom. Of course, Joab does kill Absalom. And David is brokenhearted. A man after God's own heart. This is not any just random guy. We're talking about King David. We're talking about Jesus Christ is going to sit on the throne of David. This is an incredible heritage that the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ comes down through David. And so we see David as, as he dwindles away and throws away what God had given. We see this man Lot raised up in the home of Abraham, a great father of the faith, Abraham. And we see Lot as he dwindles his life away and winds up in Sodom and Gomorrah. Lot was a very successful man. And yet we find that he winds up in what probably the worst place on the planet. And God destroys it by fire and gets away with his life. But his heritage is these people that the Bible spoke about. The Moabites and Amorites, the ones that God said, don't marry them. They are the heritage of this man Lot. They were his children. Those two tribes came out of Lot and his two daughters. Amazing how you have these successful, great people that God has blessed with great intelligence, wisdom. David, an incredible warrior. All these people just in some ways fell by the wayside. They had great humility and then pride came in and stole away their lives as they took matters into their own hands. Solomon, perhaps in some sense most noteworthy, because God had given him so much, and he was such a wise man. Young people, read a proverb every day. Read a proverb every day. The wisdom that God gave to Solomon is in those proverbs. But take advantage of them is great wisdom. Don't dwell your life away. Young people, don't think that you're going to be this, the next guy that's going to, all the problems that have plagued others that have gone down certain paths, don't think that you're going to be the one 
the wisest man that ever lived and ever will ever live fell prey to it. Think about that. The wisest man ever was not slick enough to make it work for him. Oh, he had 700 wives, all those things, but lost everything. Of course, eventually lost his life. Read a proverb every day. Watch who you hang around. Profound statement for you here, okay? This is deeply profound. Influences will influence you. They will. You will be a product of who you hang around with. Just the way it is. You, you think, well, I, I'm not going to be like that. Uh, 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 uh. The wisest man ever thought he could marry strange women with strange gods and stay faithful to God. He didn't do it. And neither will you. You say, well, I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go with strange women and, and, but understand something. Who you hang around will influence you. Here's the wisest man ever, but totally influenced by the women that he had around him. And we, none of us will escape the influences that are in our life. I don't care what age you are. I say young people, but I would say to all of you, be careful who you hang around. They will influence you. You, won't, you. you will not. You will not change that. Folks that you spend a lot of time with will impact your life. Stay close to God. Stay in your Bible. If you're going to stand in a world where you're working with worldly people all the time, you're going to have to stay. Well, you, church, you're such a faithful people, but it's so important to stay faithful to the Lord's house because you dwindle away, and the next thing you know, you're getting drawn away, and you find that you don't think what you ever would be, you have become because you have been influenced and you have become part of the thing that you thought you would never be has become your life because of influences. Young people would highly recommend that you go to Bible college for a year. Say why, Pastor? Because the influence is going to be around you in, 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 this, in the span of time when you're probably the most influenced in your life. You're a young person and, and you're just, you're wide open to influences. And even though you've been in church all your life, you're, you're going to be a target for the world to suck you in and draw you away in a variety of ways. And it won't just be uh, a woman. It could be all kinds of things. It could be a best friend. It could be somebody you're working with. All of a sudden, you find that you're, you're, going, you're going out with them for a party. Then you wind up at a party, and somebody's drinking. And now, all of a sudden, you, well, that wasn't so bad. And the next thing you know, you're, you're drifting away. You won't be smarter than, you won't be smarter than Solomon. Influences will influence you. Bible college is a unique experience. It pushes you into adulthood whether you like it or not. You got to get up at a certain time. You have to carry a job and pay your bills, all these things. But at the same time, you'll have a great influence of spiritual at every turn. 
bus routes and classes, Bible classes, all these things are going to be influencing you to follow after the Lord Jesus Christ while you're in Bible college. It's um, obviously the classes are important and things like that. You want to do, you want to be a part of all those things, but it's it's more the influence in your life that is so important because Satan wants to draw you away and take your life away from you, destroy your life at the most most critical time of life. And uh, I'm just so grateful that our young people are going to Bible colleges and Christian colleges. Why? Because the influence they're getting is godly and it's getting them a step into maturity and maturing them to follow after the Lord. So thankful for the Bible colleges. And um, pray for them. It's not easy to run these institutions. It's great. It's great. Uh, these pastors that have Bible colleges, you think of these men in California right now. They lost a whole year trying to pay all their teachers, all their staff. Uh, can you imagine the expenses on Brother Trevor and Brother Chapel with no students? Nobody bringing in any money? Great stress. So pray for, the, pray for these Bible colleges because we need them. And of course, of course, all the Bible colleges have suffered greatly financially. And so pray for them. But take advantage of what they have to offer. Men at work, talk about your wife. Talk about how wonderful she is. What a great wife she is. That, that, that will keep these women away from you that he was falling for. Because they're not, they, a guy that's talking about his wife that they know is a Christian, they're, they're going to leave you alone. If you're just, if you're just winking and, and going through, through life at, at the job site and a little flirtatious attitude, and honestly, it, it happens all the time in the workplace. Be careful. Ladies, it's not a safe place for you either. Be careful. Women are more vulnerable today than I've ever seen in my life in the workplace. There's all kinds of things that are going on that are, that are happening in the workplace now that never happened before. Predominantly women were home, but be careful ladies, it's a, it's a different world. Don't get sucked into it, don't be drawn into it. Talk about your husband, talk about your family, talk about your church, talk about the Lord. Put up a fence around yourselves because you, you, you are not guaranteed that you won't fall. There is no guarantee of that. You can be having a real poor, a bad time in your marriage. And guess what? You know who's going to know that and who's going to take advantage of you? Some guy at work that hears you say something about your husband that's negative. And he's going to think, wow. You know who set this guy up? Satan. You don't think that Satan wants to destroy Christian families? Oh, my goodness. Destroy the home, destroy the family, destroy the churches. So be careful. I'm just... It's just a warning tonight when I look at the wisest man ever and somehow we think we can play with sin and we're going to figure it out. It's not going to be, we're not going to fall for this, right? You'll never be as smart and wise as, 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 as was Solomon. None of us ever will. None of them ever were. And we just consistently, generation after generation after generation, watch as we lose families, 
Ladies, I warn you, when we go to the very beginning of time, we find that Eve was deceived. Don't think that you cannot be deceived. You can. Men are somewhat vulnerable, but ladies, the Bible teaches us there's a deception. And so be careful, please. Don't get caught up with those. Stay close to your family. Stay close to your church. Stay close to God. I recognize the necessity of jobs and work and all those things. You know I get that. But just be careful. Just be very careful. When I see this man, Solomon, when I see men like David, these men that God had put his spirit upon in special ways, and yet we see them fall, don't think that you're above it. Honestly, I don't care how old you are. Be careful. Be careful. Keep, keep your conversations short and professional with ladies on the job site. It is just an amazing thing. It never stops, and the heartache never stops, and the families that, that, that Satan attacks and destroys. It just, I, it seems like I never go a week without, without hearing of another family that I've known that's, that's broken, or I find out somebody that I've known years ago, and it's just, it's just always is. I love this church. Stay vigilant, families. Stay vigilant. Be careful. Keep your heart right with the Lord. First Kings 3.12, he says, Behold, I have done according to thy words. I have given thee a wise and an understanding heart, so there was none like thee before, before thee, neither after thee. Shall any arise like unto thee? Walk circumspectly, the Bible would say it. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Let's all stand together. Husbands, wives, the altar's open. It's open for everybody. Let's stay vigilant. Pastor Nelson, Brother Zane, we're going to have an invitation. Altar's open.